Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dadly Boys of What yeah. Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. A quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw. What do you make of the show? Von Wagner must add soothsayer to his growing collection of gimmicks and personality traits. Because he said, come Tuesday, before Triple H took over as WWE's head booker. And I've experienced 52 of them this year. <laughs> Maybe the biggest of all last night. Another... Another tremendous raw. Uh, punk free. <laughs> punk free and yeah. still great. How are they doing that? It's like, it's like a box of cereal. Punk free and still great. How are they doing that? This was the absolute definition of, it's not for me. This does not align with my personal tastes, which everyone has and cannot help realistically. I, I don't believe that. I think you definitely have an anti-certain company bias this week, and that yeah. might change next week. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. The absolute definition of, really not for me, this. Mm. Not for me, but my God. That what a magnificent job this product is doing for its audience. Yeah. There were elements of the show that I did enjoy, but broadly, it was a very, very, it was very, very much a, you have to like WWE to like this episode. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. Raw. Um, the equivalent, I guess, is like, uh, I've got children. You know this. Mm-hmm. My five-year-old daughter is in this thing now where... It's more, I, I'd like to think that the product she consumes on YouTube isn't necessarily what she enjoys. She just likes being able to use a remote control, like turn it on, scroll, pick a thumbnail. Just the agency yeah. that being in charge of the telly affords. Does the thumbnail, um, does the content behind the thumbnail actually provide what the thumbnail suggested? Generally? Generally, yes. Well, then that's not clickbait, is it? And people should probably <laughs> learn the definition of that word. Indeed. Sorry. Indeed. And so she watches this thing now called Cooking Challenge. And it's these weird... <laughs> it's every Wednesday morning on the USA Network. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, life. <laughs> um, where basically it's like these sort of weird sketches that are very much designed for kids where one... There's like three different chefs. 
and they <laughs> each make their own version of a thing. Yes. And like one of them's like, here's a quite well-made pizza. Here is like bread with some tomato <laughs> and a block of cheese on it. Oh, that's the wrong pizza. Which one is the best pizza? And I'll have to go, shot. which one would you like? There's a jog going on. Oh, I think that one with the big cheese. I'm a big fan of cheese. He's like, uh, and I'm watching it going, I think this is, uh, I think this is absolutely <laughs> But, but Charlotte absolutely loves this, absolutely transfixed. And it's honestly, I come in. so much which one in 2023. Like, which one's AW? Which one's the first? Big tomato cheese show. <laughs> which, who's it going to be? Dynamite or Raw? It could go either way. It could go either way, this one. <laughs> and I had this uh, epiphany uh. when I was watching The Cooking Challenge over her shoulder last night, just before the wind down before bedtime. And I was just thinking, I'm watching this show. I'm watching a child transfixed by it. I, as an adult, just do not get what people enjoy about this. And I'm thinking, literally, I'm going to have this exact same experience at midday tomorrow. This exact verbatim feeling of just being incredulous that people think this is genuinely great with the bright colors and the terrible comedy and think, you know what, my 38 and 36-year-old colleagues, I'm going to be watching this with them and they're going to react in the same way. They're going to my pick big tomato cheese bread wrestling. I yeah. love that we finally landed on it. Oh, well, it's another big tomato cheese bread raw and that, means, and that means good to some people. In another... You know, infinite universes. In another universe, your Hamlet's dad watching Raw with him going... I, like I felt like that's all yeah. Going, what is he going to have to our truth here? I'm like, I think he's going to be pretty bloody funny, Dad. <laughs> Give me another block of cheese. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh. You've nailed last uh-huh. raw review. You've absolutely we got nailed there. it. We got there. We have completed 2023 completed coverage. 2023. Yeah. And uh, Judgment Day, celebrate with the titles. Thanks for watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start at the beginning of the Love show. Love the main event, by the way. Yeah. Really thought the main event was strong. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it more than Damien Priest. <laughs> yeah, he was in a grub, wasn't he? It was a uh, big CM Punk, Bobby Fish energy in that finish. Like, I don't know what went down. <laughs> I think I've got like, a theory, but yeah. we'll save yeah, it we'll until save the that. end. Yeah. Um, so to open the show, Damien Priest came out. He was also flanked by uh, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, Dirty Dom, and JD Madonna. Of course, collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment Yeah. Uh, and they do that. Bread, <laughs> cheese, <laughs> tomato, pizza. And she's like, that pizza? Why doesn't mine look like that? And the other one with a big chef's hat. <laughs> with a basil. Dominic Mysterio. Our truth. <laughs> <laughs> Akira <laughs> Tazawa. <hour. laughs> Wrestling, Cedric. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Doesn't look right to me, Hamlet. So they uh, they do it on a show promo with the cool lights. I don't understand how they do it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Damien Priest wants us to to all rise. And Finn Balor says, hey, congratulations to the Creed brothers. They've earned their shot. It's got their biggest match of their careers, the biggest night of their lives. And yet for us, it's just another night of the office because we're the two-time undisputed champs. Uh, Rhea Ripley warns Ivy Nile not to talk about her again, says uh, Judgment Day is going to make 2024 their year, just like 2023. And Dominic tries to say that they run all of WWE, but you can't hear him because he's getting booed out of the building. Then here comes our truth. He says... Uh, 
guys, you, you left me back there. I didn't realise we were over the, <laughs> we the chair. He's got a Judgment Day, you know, uh, uh, Beatles T-shirt, but he's stuck and our truth at the bottom in tape. It's been a nice running bit, that. Because well, they've all got a, there's a billion Judgment Day T-shirts. And J.D. McDonough's been wearing that one the last few weeks and has added... I'm reading it on it. Yeah. Like himself. Out of, you know, this insecurity, is he in it or not? And like, Artrice just said, I'm in it. He just no cells, <laughs> beat downs and full angles. I was so relieved when he walked out. I was like, of course, Artrice doesn't acknowledge reality. Yeah. Thank God. I liked the bit I showed you as well on uh, TikTok or whatever. Rhea and Dom had shot this video where they were, I don't know, they were out somewhere. And he just, you know, when people, I don't know, I'm too, too old for it. I don't understand how they can just do like, a, 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 as if they've green screened themselves. So it's they're, they're on top of another video almost. He just put himself in the middle of the two of them going, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're off over here. And then, and then they did a follow. You're, you're taking the piss. You're not. <laughs> it's really good. It's, I'll show you afterwards. Um, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> He's as uh, <laughs> he he so this video's playing, and they're like, <laughs> I think they're like touring Perth or something, something for like that. So they're getting to do all these local activities and all that, and he's 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 got no props or anything, so he just <laughs> had to sort of like nod log everything. And they just stopped dead to take like a fan picture or something. So he's like watching, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that, and it's it's so, it's good stuff, Sitch. So JD McDonough goes, "What the hell are you good doing gear. here?" And uh, True says, "I'm." On the Judgment Day, I was initiated last week. I don't want to complain too much, but you did kind of cross, cross the line a little bit. It's a bit, bit rough, to be honest. Uh, but, Priest, I know you didn't mean it when you said you didn't like me. I saw it in your eyes. Priest crumbles, that's it. He corpses. I love watching Damien Priest try and be like, I'm oh, Damien Priest, yes. Yeah. And just for some reason, Archery just gets him every single time. JD says, if you're worried about getting hurt, you then you better get out of this bloody ring. Uh, she's like, hey, everybody's looking for a fight. Rhea wants to beat up Ivy. Finn and Damian Priest want to beat up the Kree brothers. Maybe I need somebody to beat up. And uh, he sa- stares at uh, JD. He's, uh, he's advertising the show as well. Yes. Yeah, very clever. He stares at JD. Um, <laughs> oh, Priest at one point as well got in between JD and was like, hey, let's get our truth out for a second. <laughs> truth says, see all these trees, see all these lights. What animosity do me and you? How about we squash the beef? We can all be a happy family. Let's do a miracle on 34th Street fight. And JD says, it's already scheduled. It's already happening. It's already been announced. And she says, well, we better go now. 34th Street's pretty little long way away from here. Sorry, I don't get to 34th Street. And JD's like, Truth says, right, well, this is a loser leave judgment day match. Let's just hoy this stipulation onto it. What did you make of this opening before they got to the match? I'm not just saying this because it's kind of the first guy to back this, actually. It's Triple H copying his own homework. This is this is the bloodline, isn't it? And this is the, all those segments that people found really funny, but it's not going to have anywhere near the stakes, the importance. R-Truth versus whoever, like Damien Priest, Finn Balor maybe, is not going to be like an Elimination Chamber or a B-Show main event like Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns was. It's not going to have these like far-reaching consequences. But as I said after Survivor Series, we were moving away from... The believable claim that the Judgment Day had that they they run, well, they don't anymore. They've got belts and stuff, but they are they've been like knocked back by the baby faces. They've lost the big battle at War Games, and it's like right now we need to sort of 
kind of reframe our authority a little bit. We've got a clubhouse and we're bullies and we're mean and we've still got the tag belt, so we're still a big deal and all that sort of thing. But you've lost your yeah. you've lost the argument, ultimately. You don't run Raw, you don't run WWE. You're good, you're credible, but this, oh, we're the, we're the most dominant group. It's bollocks and it's, it's out there as bollocks now. So you can absolutely play with this instead. Mm. And yeah, R-Truth, I think, has just added some levity to the Judgment Day in general, to the segments. I've had enough levity. It's <laughs> it's uh, continuing to enhance, and I know this won't be for everybody, but it's the very WWE thing. Is like, right, well, what? Uh, it's Damien Priest, the five-tool player. Let's see how he can fit in this comedic setting. And I think he's fitting quite well, even if half the time it's corpsing. Like, there's, they're obviously borrowing from when Jimmy Uso was first high-fiving with Sami Zayn as I am. Quite like him, you know. Like, Damien Priest being like, well, I don't love JD that much. Let's just see where this <laughs> yeah. goes. Like, that's, I don't know, that feels quite cathartic because you're with him. You're like, yeah, I'd love to boot JD McDonald out and just have our truth in full time. If this was my friend group, I'd be making that call. I'd be casting that vote. I don't think this is fluff. I think it's... It was a bit of me that thought, there's going to come a moment. It's a miracle on 34 oh, Street Fright. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're, like, they're kind of projecting this as if it's WWE nonsense. But I think they're... Benefits underneath this go beyond the silly segments. Nope. This is not wasted time. This is not our truth in the twenty four seven title. No, this is not bad character development. There was genuinely. a bit of me that thought, is our truth going to help them retain the tag titles tonight? Yeah, and they're suddenly going to be like, wait a second, are you kind of useful? Like they're gonna they're gonna have to decide between them how useful he could be for them in the Royal Rumble. They'll do a for match. example, they'll do a match where every member of the Judgment Day is banned from ringside in a tag title match other than the people who are defending the titles. And then our truths going to help them. And then you go, well, he's not in the Judgment Day. But mm -hmm. now he is. I got him a T-shirt. He's got his name on it. He's going to get his T-shirt. And it's going to, like I say, it's all very diet. WWE is basically like. becoming a T-shirt company, is what we're trying to say. <laughs> yes. What do you make of all this? Not much, man. <laughs> like, not much <laughs> at all. Um, Have yeah. I told you my pitch for this, by the way? Long term. I, really I don't know like why this. I would have listened to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably did. And you were like, yeah, sounds good. Your headphones on the entire <laughs> yeah, time, yeah. just waiting for my mouth to stop moving, basically. Um, when I'm trying to get my work done. Yeah. Written, yeah. When I'm trying to get my written work done. Um, they, uh, they have, in this scenario, they still have the tag title. Oh, Brock Lesnar's his mate, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Who you got as a friend? Brock Lesnar. Oh, bollocks. Fantastic. I don't hate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's we just get. not funny. It's just not funny. What, my pitch or this or, or all of the above? Yeah. Um, like the idea is, this is a, I know they're trying, like, dissension and judgment, oh, what an angle. This segment was on a knockabout holiday show. Yeah. That was a very big success for its own fan base. You could just hear it. Mm. Feel it in the building that everyone in the building had fun. Not me, Doug. <laughs> this was a segment of television. And there was just a tape On well. a knockabout yeah. holiday show, right? Designed to make you laugh. I did not laugh. That's fair. I like. I chortled. It's the, it is the base thing, isn't it? Because it was like you could hear the laughter in the building. It's oh, like, the people well, like, yeah, yeah, I liked it. So, yeah, we got a miracle on 34th Street fight. Uh, we're loser leaving the Judgment Day. Uh, Usual stuff. JD McDonough grabs a candy cane kendo stick. That doesn't quite quite count, does it? Because it's CC and then K, so it's not super bad. Uh, Truth does is CCK versus super bad sounds like a Brit rest tag from the Boom era, doesn't it? Yeah. What well, literally one of them is Kip Sabian. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, CCK was that kid like us and Chris Brooks? Yes. 
Is that right? I don't know. WCPW yeah. stars, yeah. Uh, Truth gets out of the way. Weren't the they all? Candy game, kendo stick. Uh, kicks JD, takes his belt off, whips him. Uh, JD rolls outside. Uh, Truth smashes his head off a table full of cookies. Uh, there's a Christmas tree getting lobbed about. Uh, Truth hoys JD into the ring and uh, gives Dom a hug because <laughs> he's his mate. And Dom, the git that he is, waits until he's turned around and sends him into the ring post. Uh, take us to a break. When we get back, uh, Truth's getting a table. Uh, McDonough cuts him off before he can use it, though. Dom trips Truth as he's hitting the ropes, uh, but Truth lands his head first in J.D. McDonough's kiak. Um, so Truth sends Dom... Look at him, he's tittering away. It's him. him, man. Truth sends Dom into the steel step, sprays a fire extinguisher in J.D. McDonough's face, does the Cena come back, hits McDonough with a Christmas tree, they battle on the top, there's a table set up in the ring... McDonough, I think that the spot was meant to be he headbutts Truth and goes to pull him in to do a move, but Truth can feel himself falling, so he just hugs, hugs Jane McDonough, takes him down. They both out, but Truth's unconscious on top of JD McDonough, so the ref counts it, and I'm like, I mean, JD McDonough's out at Judgment Day. A really good and surprising finish, by the way, to what was fluff. This is the point, right? Maybe this is a good example, and there are always many of WWE versus pro wrestling because love the first segment, everything I want. Did they give a toss about the match? Not really. How often is that the case in WWE? I often, is the, either because the work simply isn't of a standard or because the gimmick has been done so many times that like, they can't reinvent the wheel over and over again. But I cared about the result. Yeah. And the finish was nicely arrived upon. It, it was like an authentic way to do this very stupid finish within the confines of a very stupid match and was... Like, and I cared about the result. I was like, hang on, where's this going? Because I cared about how, despite how comedic and daft it was, the stakes that were set up in the opening segment, the wrestling, as it often is in WWE, is often, like, superfluous. The word no, no, it, honestly it's, it's it's surreal to me that they end up in the ring half the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly it is. It's like there's such a disconnect. And I can absolutely take that on my WWE consumption. Like and not just not just like the NXT version of it. It would great, it would great on me if it was an EW. It's not what it's for. It's mm. not what all elite wrestling is for. But again, I like I believe in in universe rules, and I think it's one reason why I'm a big fan of Triple H. Vince McMahon like broke the rules of his universe a gazillion times, and like there was barely any rules to begin with because mm. he ruined all of that. Like. Triple H knows his rules and keeps it within. Mm. Like they're, they're still bananas. They're still stupid fundamentally in WWE, but he does keep within those rules. And then you get a finish like that and you get what's going to be this continuation of Damien Priest and Finn Balor quite like him. Like Rhea, Dom and JD are not on board with this. It's going to be completely justified on Christmas Day to be like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, who's, who's house am I coming around to? Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, what are we doing at JD's? He's not. Oh my God, Christmas anymore. dinner at the clubhouse because it's taped. It's a best of show. Oh, it's the best off show. Yeah, they're not doing Oh, is it oh, okay? I imagine like a, it's a purple turkey. I don't have time for that. A best off show. How long is it? <laughs> all day. 24 hours. Remember that WrestleMania all day in 2000? Uh, shut up a second. Look at my thoughts on this match. Oh, yeah. I would argue this wasn't even good fluff, personally. The problem is that, for me, you know, JD McDonough is fundamentally terrible at everything. That isn't a 2018 NXT audition match. Like, I don't think he's good at bumping. I think his strikes often look terrible. I think he's 
just gets so many things wrong. And when he, that's him in his normal arena, yeah. right? Um, when he, when you try and take him out of there and have him try and do a comedy match, I don't think he's got any comedic timing. He hasn't got any comedic flair. Like when they did the, oh my God, his head put on his balls spot. Like his facials. Like he was in the 38th minute of a takeover main event. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like funny. Yeah, It wasn't cathartic for me to watch him, you know. Get his bollocks blown There's out. a way to register that. Yeah. Yeah. And in the finish as well, it didn't feel like a, oh my God, I'm going to lose, or, oh my God, what's happening here? Flailing about. He just got landed on. We, it's just, he's not funny, not a funny performer at all. Therefore, this comedy match was bad. Our truth, I don't find funny, but you can tell he is funny if that makes any sense. Yeah. JD McDonough's like none of the above. Not even mileage may vary in comedy, just an, a fundamentally boring man who does not have any patter whatsoever. Doesn't sound like we're agreeing much about this role. What the hell happened to the hive mind? What the we used to be a company. Uh, Carter and Chance, uh, we, it feels like we've cut this promo for him. They've got a title match against Chelsea Green and Piping him and they're planning on the wigs, winning the tag titles and bloody partying because they love it so much. They're the frigging worst. <laughs> these two, like, oh, I don't know how long a stint we're in with these, but Christ. Oh my God, the, the, to the Rumble. That's the, it. the match, oh my God. Got not so good. You've got a month and a half. They're yeah. losing him at the Rumble. To I, know, the I, I realized that as the match was going on, I was like, actually, yeah, Kabukuwara is taking it off for them. It makes more sense. They should beat them on day one. Because they've been partying oh too my hard God, for by New the way. Year's Eve. But did you see they've actually put the day one branding on, on I the I told you this yesterday yeah. on the preview. Oh I didn't God. see that, to be honest. You haven't well, seen you it? Didn't, you didn't hear it either. I got, he was that excited. We were saying, like, oh, yeah, they've made it all day one. Like, I didn't realise. You just thought you were just calling it day one. Because it was the 1st of yeah. January. <laughs> Nia Jax comes out. Uh, before she does anything, though. will be NXT's next year after that, won't it, as well? That's how time works, isn't it? Oh, my God. So hang on, will that be New Year's Day, Will? Oh, what's it work with the leap year, though? That's is it a leap year? 2024, yeah, 2024. Yeah. So hang on, let me check my calendar quickly. Olympics. You know, in the last time there was a leap year. Yeah. Under. And what happened on the day? Oh, was that when like lockdown was called or something? It was Revolution 2020. Was it? February 29th, 2020? Yeah. Oh, no. Day one's a Wednesday. Oh. New Year's smash. <laughs> Um, yeah, Nijax comes out. Becky Lynch comes out before she can say anything, though. And Nijax goes to leave. Becky's like, where are you going? You just clean come out to have something to say. Why don't you say it? I says, I'd love to break your face again, but I've got more important stuff to do. I am entering the Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, Becky says, oh, we don't care. Um, I came here looking for a fight. Naya says, um, we've never fought because you're afraid of what I do to you. You're the moneymaker of this company. If we went one-on-one, that'd end. You're the size of my leg, basically. Becky says, I'm the moneymaker. I'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. That's why. Um, it's not anyone else or anything else preventing this. It's you, Naya. Um, your existence has been on the back of someone's name. First your cousins, now me. Uh, your only claim to fame is that you, fro- you broke the nose of the greatest to ever do it. Prove me wrong. Face me right here, right now. Naya's like, fine. Get a ref out here. Let's do this. Ref runs out. Naya walks down to the ramp. And then, ah, no. She says, look, see how bad you want it. And that's why you're not going to get it. It's going to happen on my terms. It'll happen San Diego, hometown, day one. Um, and you're going to end up in hospital, Becky, with your daughter asking you why you're uglier than usual. Uh, and Jack sort of stops chuntering to herself while she's walking up the ramp. So Becky Lynch jumps her, 
attacks her, officials separate them, and Jack uses that opportunity to nail Becky Lynch in the back of the head. Fine. You know what I mean? It was fine. They've already, they reiterated what they feel about each other as characters, why the match is kind of happening, why they are in conflict. They set a date for their match. The promo material was pretty good. You know, fantastic, but pretty good. And then they teased the brawl. What It was a good touch to it in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. A good touch because you're never, ever going to replicate, or you shouldn't mm. try to replicate the reason why all of this exists. If you just punch one in the face, you ruin the heat. You ruin the the prospect of it happening again. So I thought that was quite smart. Um, fine. This is okay. This was, for me, this was like... Another good, oh uh, yeah, this was just how WWE does things, but Triple H knows how to polish up. This was absolute rehashing of the premise. Mm-hmm. But I almost try and like create a reason to rehash it rather than just because you're filling TV time, because we know that's what's really happening. Nia Jax last week, one of my big complaints was wrestlers just do stuff because that's what wrestlers are. It's on my time. It's like you're at work. This yeah. is your time. And by the way, it's mine as well as a viewer. No, I'm going to wait till San Diego. I've been looking at the calendar. That's where I want that match. So... Logic, right? That's like she yeah. applied some logic to why she wants this match. She's announced, I think there might have been something hiding in this as well. She announced herself for the Royal Rumble as if she was looking beyond Becky Lynch to winning the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch, being the moneymaker, being the big star, has kind of had her ego played to a little bit here. I think she will enter the Royal Rumble too. And I think it will be Nia Jax's goal to take her out of the Rumble before she enters it. They're going to do the punch in the face tease. Nia Jax might even win, but she might, or she might lose, but punch her in the face. And then they'll run an angle where. Can Becky make the Rumble? Like, she took her out of Survivor Series all that time ago, and now she's taken her out of the Rumble, and, like, Nia Jax might have lost on the night or whatever. She could win, but she might have lost on the night, but she's... This is the real quiz. Mm. She's taken her out of the Rumble. I thought the mention of that was quite interesting mm. as well. Like, decent TV stuff would never sell a pay-per-view with it, but not everything has to. Uh, Kofi Claus appears earlier on to give the fans all presents, uh, and then he's backstage... Uh, bumps into Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. They say they want the tag titles for Christmas. Uh, Kingston, uh, Kofi Claw, sorry, says... Uh, Not a GameCube, then. Um, you can have a Yeet shirt instead, which is lovely, is actually. If you've seen that clip of Gargano's son reacting to Jey Uso's music, that is genuinely mm. just, just a nice I thing. I feel like a complete twat. <laughs> K- uh, nah, kids love wrestling. It's just magic, isn't it? Right. There's every time you see a kid, love, like something about wrestling that makes them go, oh, that's mm. the best. Yeah. That's, we were all that once. <laughs> is, is that why you you two are both like? Do you want to watch wrestling yet or no? I kind of get still, him. Still football is it? Okay. I get him and I realise I never will. That's I don't think James ever will. No. He's he's at the age now where if he was going to be awestruck and glued to it and obsessed mm. and what is this? I think that time has passed now. It like he's nine in uh, March, so I think that has passed. Um, he'll watch me watch Orange Cassidy. He thinks Orange Cassidy's general. Yeah, approach is like funny and amusing and different, but he just doesn't have that. I'll watch anything. Like I used to watch the worst wrestling of all time, and through my seven-year-old eyes, it was just all goated, like all goated. And if you don't have that, I don't think you'll ever mm. get it. I think there's a chance. I was like twelve before I realized that's so much as a bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it the, genuinely. I had to, Finn Martin had to tell me this as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the like. So my brain as a kid was I was exposed to some wrestling, and then I needed. Everything that they ever fed into that. So, like, the Royal Rumble 99 was amazing. Oh, we're going to watch this 100 times. There's 30 people in that. 
what have those 30 people been doing the last five or six years? I need every tape that catches me there. I need to see everything going forward. Cards, magazines, whatever. It just encouraged me to learn, like do all my sort of additional reading or whatever it is. Like the game's changed a little bit now. So like kids can just watch, say like one thumbnail or one video or whatever and just click it and get a bit of something. And then it's like on to the next thing. There's no sense of, I need to build a context to that. Mm. Like, I could see my kids getting into content about wrestling like this more than they get into wrestling. The, uh, mark, the mark's for yous already, because they know about you, and, like, every now and then, my dad likes to put us on the telly, and I'm like, not too much dad. <laughs> and, uh, Who's your stacks guy? So, like, my, my boys are just total narcissists. They like to watch videos of them as kids, right, as babies. So, like, I've got <laughs> in my WhatsApp folder my wife, it's basically at this point an archive of, like, the last 10 years of their life. That's lovely. And you can just go back and find a video, and they'll want to watch all these videos. But when I first load up WhatsApp, because you used to, uh, shoot friends, like, you're always near the top, or, like, there'll be our little group. And, like, Josh just the other day went, Adam Wilborn, Michael Sidgwick. And I was like, yeah, but we're not going to those chats. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Go that family Give one, right? to full JY. Yeah, go that family no, one. No, 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 never. No videos from there. But, yeah, so I think, like, like there might come a day where they engage with mm. the content, and if they do, I'll be pointing them to this. <laughs> when they're 18 years old. So, oh, obviously, yeah. Um, Dad, what's that yellow text? I say, well, it's directly related to the video. It's not clickbait, son. <laughs> They DIY bump into... I'm explaining to you what that means. Millions of people don't get it. <laughs> Miz. Uh, they said, look, we, I know we've had our issues in the past. Trusty the clown thing. <laughs> uh, I, AEW between October and November was really quite poor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those content creators aren't good. Yeah, yeah, like Tony Khan created that content. And, you know, he wasn't very good at his job for two months. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how it works. I think fine it is. So... <laughs> God, God says we had our issues, but last week the match was great. We've, uh, we, all our careers have been too biased towards WWE. That's what people always said. That's what people definitely said between 2017 and 2022. Yeah. If anyone were too pro WWE, <laughs> didn't didn't read that every single day. Was you in the point of like imagine comparing the WWF in 2000 to WCW and thinking, come on, guys, it's gonna be fair at WCW? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine. Can you imagine people doing I remember, that? I remember on the forums, like in 99, the last people holding out when like Nitro had gone grey. And like even the big stars were like, I don't want to be near this shit. Yeah, like, you can put the belt on Sid, I'm off. Like that, there was still some like, people saying, oh, they're gonna, I'm sure they'll turn it around. That's how wrestling works, right? And was, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Jay White, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Champa says, uh, hey, it wasn't great last week. It was awesome. <laughs> Love these. <laughs> Jackie Love Redman. these. Jackie Redman shows up, chats to Miz. Miz says, look, Imperium's cracking. I'm, I've rattled Gunther. I'm finishing what I've started. I'm going to become a nine-time Intercontinental Champion. I think this was the point around here that they mentioned Chris Jericho. Aye. Um, the Miz, again, from a man that is clearly ecstatic with his achievements in pro wrestling, he tells you every week, just, like, tell me a lie for a few weeks that what he really wants was this all along, and I'll buy it. Mm. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. So then we got the match. It was uh, the Miz challenging Gunther. His last chance, of course, if he loses this, he can never fight for the IC title again whilst Gunther is champion. And uh, I think you nailed it when you said on social media, this is the match they should have had uh, at Survivor Series. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gunther has a weird PLE record as opposed to his TV one. Yeah. He's a raw guy. <laughs> so he, he just batters Miz early on with the chops. Uh uh, Miz catches him in a leg lock, though. Gunther gets to the ropes and just chops him outside the ring, power bombs him onto the apron to take us through a break. Miz fires back after the break. Gunther just goes, that's a nice fire at spot, and boots him in the face. Gunther mocks, uh, mocks him, cuts off another comeback with a chop. Miz tries a springboard crossbody apart of another comeback, but Gunther just catches him, puts him on the top rope, and does that bit where he bends him over the turnbuckle with his foot, basically. Chops him. Um, but on the outside, Miz ducks a chop and Gunther chops the ring post. So here's his hand and that takes us to a break. When we come back, uh, Miz, as a result of Gunther's injury, has a bit more of opportunity here. Uh, low DDT, regular DDT, tilt world DDT for a near fall. Runs out of the corner, uh, but Gunther hits him with a drop kick and a power bomb for two. Uh, he puts him in a Boston Crab, but Miz gets the ropes, partially because Gunther's hand's just not really working anymore. Uh, Gunther chopped Miz and Miz is like, bring it on, buster. Uh, and so Gunther tries to put him in a sleeper. Miz transitions that into a cradle for a nice two count. Uh, and Miz kicks Gunther's injured hand, hits a skull crushing finale, gets a two count. Oh my God. Kind of like one more time. They're getting into this here. Um, Miz tries some more kicks. Gunther hits him with a clothesline. Gunther goes up top, but Miz kicks the rope into his hand and hits a second rope skull crushing finale. And I thought, I'll do this on your behalf, Hamlet. Oh my God. I thought, that's it. Gunther's losing the title, but as Miz crawled for the cover, Gunther desperately rolled to the outside and they cried like, boo! The heat for that? 
Like, how dare you go into you bastard? It felt like a big 10, match. 10,000 people. Oh, it my God. It felt like a really big match, yeah. this. And this is me saying I'm <laughs> no fan of the Miz whatsoever. Miz rolls Gunther back into the ring, but as Miz comes back in, Gunther immediately grabs him, powerbombs him, clothesline, another powerbomb. One, two, three, Gunther attacks. <laughs> Can I go first? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're going to be way more excited about this, right? Even as the crowd was getting just carried away, like completely willing to suspend their disbelief collectively and you could literally measure their investment in this match by the amount of noise that they made in the volume level, right? Okay. I still watched it and thought, oh, that kick was rubbish. <laughs> Why are you kicking him in like... Someone kicked me like there. It's a fleshy bit there. It's like kicks in the face if you want to knock me down, you know? And he's like, it's really, like, there's nothing behind the hips. And he's just planted a foot in a really fleshy part of Gunther's body. And Gunther's selling for it. And my very pedantic brain and my, quite frankly, ingrained lack of respect for the Mrs. Craft just took me out of it at that moment and at various others, if I'm being honest, right? Take my personal feelings out of the equation in terms of, and wrestling's always so subjective, mm-hmm. of course, as with every art form. Is this as close to as objective over delivery as you're going to get? Mm. This, like, I don't necessarily have this opinion, and, you know, certain of the critics do, where, oh, work for the crowd, therefore, like, four and a half star match. Is it, Mm. or did I not like it that much? Mm. And for me, it was nowhere near, right? But if you did subscribe to that, there is a, there's like a kernel of truth to that take and credibility to that method of rating wrestling matches, even if I don't personally subscribe to it. Because the people in that building thought The Miz was going to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental title. And it was more for me... And I know this is, again, totally subjective, but it was more for me than a performative. I have been conditioned to think that an avalanche variation of a finish, mm. and indeed just a finish, is going to go one, two, uh, it's fun to be there. But the whole idea of professional wrestling, as I understand it, right, even if it markets itself as sports entertainment, is if you make the crowd go banana, mm-hmm. you've pretty much got them and you succeeded. And the whole point is, you, the whole point of professional wrestling, and this is why, like, people who don't get it just will never get it. There are certain people, for whatever reason, no one, it was Paul Heyman who probably articulated this best. You either get it or you don't. And I'm very much, my mission is to put on a product for those who do get it. That was one of mm-hmm. his big yeah. sayings, right? For those who get it, for those WWE fans, it just felt like I was listening to them suspend their disbelief, and that's the whole exact point. Mm. So I would argue that at least on this night, The Miz absolutely does in fact get professional wrestling, or at least he got it here. Um, a, a monumental assist by Gunther. You ever see uh, the Newcastle-Everton game? Don't, not this season, don't talk about that. But the last season game where Isaac, our striker Isaac, basically takes on three players... Yeah. Goes to the byline and imagine like doing keepy ups on a rope above, <laughs> like suspended between two buildings. That's how difficult his trickery was. And he's just passed it to someone who's just done a tap in from yeah. the center. Yeah. Maybe that was the level of assist from Gunther here because he's just that great. But 
I saw through the work. My dickhead brain couldn't get overwhelmed by the drama. But my God, what about 10,000 people did? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest in this isn't saying much for me personally. Because I wouldn't even put this in the top 50 TV matches of the year. But this is probably the night of the Miz's professional in-ring life. It's Miz's best match ever. It's better than the Ziggler match. And those are the two. 20 years. I love him, but I can say that. You know, like, it's... This, I want it to feel real. Like, I, and when I say real, I mean real within the rules yeah. of pro wrestling. Real uh, adhering to its own emotional logic. Yep. You're like, not asking for the UWFI. No. No. This was the answer to the complaint I have when I'm just... When wrestling's happening in front of me. When I'm just watching wrestlers wrestle. Mm. Kind of, it's been a bit of a sort of... Bone of contention, I would say, with the amount that we watch and what we cover. And I think it's I think it's creeping through to people who can pick and choose the rest and they watch quite honestly. But certainly within our space, like the oh, I watch a lot, like what's the difference between that three and that three and a quarter or that two and three? Almost nothing. Mm. Did I feel anything for I, for any of them? No. I felt absolutely loads for this. Tell you what, I think Sidge is right to point out the flaws in the execution because that's you're watching a mismatch, aren't you? And you, you kind of invite I can never get past it personally. To, right? I think Bret Hart would find loads of fault with the execution and almost none with the layout. The this, layout was clever and the this, drama was literally undeniable. This was Gunther versus The Miz. This was not a wrestling match between two wrestlers. This was not Minoru Suzuki's grey lumps. This was not even, like, I'm not going to name names, but, like, we can all think of those wrestlers that can just be relied upon to go out there and get it done. Mm. Like, this was Gunther versus The Miz, and it could be nothing else, and I absolutely love that. When this match got booked, we had all them fights, it was like, for me, there was only two ways you could do this match. Uh, Gunther crushes him like a bug under his foot, or this. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed when we were five minutes in at the Survivor Series and we weren't getting this. Because like this is the potential yeah. for this match. This is absolutely the potential. Gunther is so frigging intelligent. Not only does he know how to destroy people as Gunther, he's also the best at understanding how that he can be made weak. What the balance is impossible, but he gets there. I'm going to use a Bret Hart comparison again. I would compare the layout to this, to how Bret Hart would work Yokozuna, right? Bret Hart can find a gap or find a mistake that Yokozuna makes and isolates that, just as the Miz did here with Gunther's chop too far, because then every time he invited Gunther to chop him, he's like, I can absorb a weaker chop and it's going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. And again, that's like, you've got to credit, and I'm not sort of discrediting the Miz here, but you've got to credit Gunther with that for understanding how his offense makes people feel mm -hmm. in the building. So if I do this to you and I'm already hurting, like that gets you over too. And then you look like a strategist and you might just be the Miz, but people can buy you with something more because you've been at this 20 years. So you've been through, they'll know that you've been through every version of a wrestling match, that you've got this in your locker, mm. even if you don't use it all the time. When Brett was being the excellence of execution against Yoko, he would be getting cut off all the time because Yoko's freeing 600 pounds and all it takes is one body block and a leg drop and then Brett's down again for five more minutes, but he'll leave a little gap and in Brett will slide and in the Miz slid here. There were so many little moments where you thought, oh, right, are we going to get like five minutes of Gunther control? No, the Miz has fought back, but you only get about a minute and a half of the Miz getting advantage because it's still Gunther. Like, oh, you've lost the advantage again. Never mind. It'd be like playing somebody really class at computer games at, like, a Mortal Kombat. You might actually take control at it, but then they're better. Mm. So they're going to, and then it's like, oh, you, like, if your energy bar hasn't quite run out, you need to just capitalize that one minute where you've jumped over their attack and hit them with a special or something. And then it's hit his specials and so nearly got it done because that's how it should play out. I honestly, like, I don't really like dealing star ratings, but this was as flawless a Miz Gunther match as you were going to get. Yeah. And wrestlers, and I include the Miz in this, a guy that is the, like, the dictionary definition of 
generic WWE. This highlights that even generic WWE guys can have identity in there with the right people. Gunther's an all-timer. And I think it's matches like this that prove it more than the classics against the guys that could also be all-timers. Yeah. I loved this. This is really effective juxtaposition in a homogenized world when everything's very, very samey. Like, Triple H had a good idea here, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. And, you know, this is just a little bit different to a lot of fair that There's you a see bit of me nowadays. That, that thought, watching this, were they going to have this match at Survivor Series? And they went, Bonga's coming back. I'll just save it for the telly then. I'm going to talk about it. He likes his Gunther rematches. He likes, yeah. he likes his mid-matches on PLEs. Yeah. Triple H. Yeah. It's weird. Like the Gable rematch was better than the like the five-minute challenge they had to kind of set it up and stuff yeah. like that. And I think there was a better... Did Gunther have a mid one against Riddle and then a much better one on Raw? Is it Riddle? Anyway, yeah, it was a good like, one on paper because he had the injured ankle. That wasn't good though. It was eight it minutes. Was, of yeah, it was. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the Gunther. match you thought you were going to yeah, get out yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I, anyway, let's not speak that guy's name anymore. We sorry, might. yeah. Don't have to. I just, I, I, th I think like, I think this is an example of how you do. This is one of them like, watch the tape in the performance center. Yeah. Because what you haven't got doesn't have to be the end. Yeah. Uh, we get a video package on the Cree brothers who are obviously fighting for the title in the main event. Uh, and then uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci are backstage with Gunther congratulating him on his win. He's like, I don't know why you're, why you're so bloody happy. Uh, I'm the only one contributing to this group. Uh, last year's been a complete write-off for you. Rubbish 2023. I'm going away for a few weeks to recharge. You stay here. Grind work. Bloody impress me. He storms off. Uh, and they're in a bit of a mood. But thankfully, here comes Kofi Claus. Uh, who's like, hey, hi, guys. Ludwig's <laughs> <laughs> like, piss off, please. And uh, Kobe calls out, I've got your gift. He pulls out, it's cool, because you've been naughty. Huge pap in the little one household. Shinsuke Nakamura is reading The American Nightmare Before Christmas. See what they've done there? I saw what uh, people have done on social media as well. Yeah. Distance themselves from how crap this was. What's that? Uh, this was... Oh, Cody's tweet to Brandon. Yeah. yeah, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. It was the week before Christmas, and out from my mouth came a warning to Cody that Shinsuke would pounce while your daughter is nestled or snug in her bed. Visions of championships, that was written in gold, dance through your head. Shinsuke is plotting to live out your story, to ruin your plans, extinguish your glory. The nightmare is over. The nightmare is through. The mist burns its eyes, for the nightmare is you. You bastard, you cancer, you prancer, you nitwit. You'll vomit, you're stupid, your father was inbred. <laughs> My goal is to see that you're living in fright. Merry Christmas to you, I will be your last fight. Cody Rhodes, kindly enough, will let him finish the nightmare before Christmas, before running and attacking him. They brawl out into the arena. Um, security keeps separating them, and Cody jumps over and knocks everyone over. Eventually, he gets Nakamura set up on the, the, the table for a crossroads until the security saves him. Nakamura backs off. Um... Let them fight his chanted, and basically Cody says this isn't over. This is, right, exactly why WWE has haters. It's true. Yep. This, is, this is very much aura-destroying, undoing a lot of quite good work. This is absolutely trash, horrific creative writing. If you want to know why WWE has haters, it's because of this segment. It's, this was so putrid, and people involved knew it as well. Um, I, I was cringing. Old Schadenfreude was like, oh, still. Yeah, it was rubbish. Mm. It's, again, like, not... Very, very bad. There's plenty of people who don't watch WWE regularly, right? And Shinsuke Nakamura is not this guy that I particularly feel the need to fight for. But hypothetically, you could isolate weeks and say, 
probably best it's ever been. Low bar, main roster, but probably the best. Yeah. It's really low bar, actually. But probably the best it's ever been on the main roster is this recent run of his. They're finally, like, permitting him to have, like, subtitled promos, which helps in the confidence of his delivery. He's main evented a couple of shows and been considered somebody that Cody winning is a scalp. So they've done something right, and people have been given credit the matches, even if I haven't seen them. And then those haters, all those casual MP4 viewers are like... What have they done with Shinsuke Nakamura? <laughs> it's still the worst company that's ever been. Like, this was, like, again, I'm going to use it again, dictionary definition of terrible WWE. Yeah. This felt like if you were sort of fantasy booking and plotting out week by week by week and it gets on the week four on the whiteboard, well, bedtime story week. It, it doesn't have to be. Uh, work with like, Joe. Uh, I liked it when Joe did it. And again, like... I didn't love that then, but I could see why people enjoyed Joe doing it. That like I want us to get past the elevate bad material era, yeah, rather than just keep it in there. And I said at the start of the show, this was a defiantly WWE television show. The difference now is that it was really, really well received and at times quite well executed. This was defiantly WWE. <laughs> yeah. It's only in WWE would you get something as bizarrely yeah. terrible as this. We still do this. Eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and man, you two are like, um, num, 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 num. <laughs> uh, just before we get the uh, women's tag title match, uh, Chelsea Green and Piper never pop in, see Post from Pierce, and ask if they do have to defend their titles. Yep. And Bronson Reed wants, a, job. Ch- Bronson Reed wants a chat about the IC title as well. So that's coming, which will be yeah. awesome. Uh, they wish Tristra has a happy birthday, and then it's time for Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Caden Carter and Katana Chance, who are taking a break from party into challenge for the women's tag team titles. Uh, Chance and Carter actually uh, take control early on because it's Chelsea Green they're in there with. Love Chelsea, but that's the role she plays in this tag team. Piper Niven comes in and destroys them. Uh, she uh, gets set up, though, in the after party. Green breaks that up, and Niven just takes them both out as we go to a break. Uh, when we come back, Carter fights back. Uh, makes a cover on uh, Chelsea Green. Piper tries to break it up with the splash, but Carter moves, so Green is the one who gets splashed. Carter hits a springboard leg, drop that, gets a two count. Green hits Carter with a code breaker, holds her in place uh, on her knees. Niven uh, hits a senton, but uh, Katana dives in at the last second to break up the cover. Chance and Carter team up, hit Niven with the, I think it's called the keg stand. Green just gets in there to, to break up the cover. Gigger. <laughs> It looks like Chance is going to get hit with an unprettier, but she (laughs) reverses that into a code breaker. uh, And then they hit Green with the after party, that neck break of 450 for the one, two, three. Carter and Chance are your new women's tag team champions. I tell you what, the nicest thing I can say about this match is that they got a hot minute at the end. They got a hot minute at the end when the old uh, title switch pop, right? Yeah. They got a hot minute at the end. I didn't say it was a good minute. So it was a hot minute. A dramatic minute? A loud minute? A hot minute, not a good minute. Uh, the work here was pretty poor. Pretty poor. I think it's already been isolated by someone on X, but they do a, a hip toss block where just like it looks literally like they are out of step in a dance routine. It doesn't look like there's any sort of struggle there at all. It was just the kind of move you do where you don't actually understand the physics behind it. You just know to do the move and not the meaning behind it. That looked bad. All the aerials... Like the like the the press components of some of the uh, the, the, the high risk moves, which were never really sold. Mm. It's like risks, and we must do this. They were just existing, and the impact is very, very, very tepid, loose action, not good. Um, these this divisions in the bin, but they, they got offered at the end. For now, it's in the bin. For now, 
it's come up on this podcast before. I quite like the Fed. But is there anything? Is there is there other than I can only think of Premier League referees, right? Where the market leader in something can be the worst at it. Because this match was so poor in places and every now and then there's a match on Raw. There was one last week. Like every now and then there was a match on Raw where you just think like if you bought like Adidas shoes and they just fell apart in the first <laughs> day, like, I don't think Adidas are the top of the tree. And like, I Aye, it's, like weird. it's so like and I like I like this that twenty twenty it is. It's the best in twenty three years, it is. How how was this? Mm. This was really rubbish. Like really quite poor. Really, really piss poor, actively piss poor at various times. And the weird thing is, it's like they have this compound, this nice word. Building yeah. that exists as Minoru Suzuki keeping me out of a job with the best takes <laughs> in wrestling critique fundamentally exists to make solid above average professional wrestlers. Very few of which have got this really unique working style or this like sort of edge to their personality which is why someone like Punk comes in and he's just so mm. like radiant how do you get action this bad mm. when they, they drill generic and solid into you day after day after day weird crap bad you never guess what they did afterwards but he went out to party didn't they with uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell uh, meanwhile Natalia well they got to celebrate <laughs> yeah I mean, it's characters. Well, I mean, well, they character, got, yeah. yeah, but to be fair, you feel like they're picking up the tab, aren't you? And it's like a free night out. Uh, I guess so. Uh, and Natalia and Tegan Knox tell Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, looks like they need new challenges, and there's a face-off, and I go. Doesn't like it be a fun party, does it? It looks like the vibes would go off pretty quickly. Get to Kabuki Warriors and the Iconics and Sasha Banks and Baszler. I, I hope you're right in this fantasy book, and the Kabuki Warriors just kick their ass. They just absolutely batter them. Or maybe they can be corrected as well. Isla Dawn and uh, Oh yeah. Uh, Alba Fire. That's not party drink. That's goo. <laughs> we placed a curse on the belts and forget about it. <laughs> put a curse on them and turn them into solid citizens. <laughs> uh, in amongst all this, by the way, Ivy Niles in the back, training with Alpha Academy and says, I've asked for a match with Ripley. Um and we become champion in 2024. And Kira Tazawa, what's he like, shows up uh, and says, I've got myself a match as well against Ivar. And they're like, what? And then we got the match, Ivar against Kira Tazawa. It was an extended squash. There was brief moments where Tazawa got like a spike DDT in um, for I or Ivar missed a top rope splash and Tazawa did the Hulk Hogan shirt rip. Um, we get into it on the floor between Valhalla and Maxime Dupree. Um, that allows Tazawa to hit a top rope backsplash for two, but uh, Ivar kicks him in the head. Moonsault gets broken up, so instead he just hits him with the world's strongest slam. It's very funny you mentioned Earthquake, because I was thinking about where exactly Ivar fits at the moment, and it, it echoes a little bit that, like, Earthquake was kicking ass, and then he lost the Hulkster, and it's like, what are you still doing here, Earthquake? And then he found Typhoon, and the disasters came along. Like, I love Ivar, I do, I love this run, but it's not like they're going with him. So when the Viking Raiders are back, I think they're going to be a different proposition as a result of the singles run, but the Ivar singles dream might be over. Yeah, I would say so. Have them lose to Gunther first yeah. before you do yeah. anything what, 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 uh, what type of match would you have um, between him and Gunther? If, if, like, if Ivar got to pick a stipulation? It would have to be a Viking rules match, of course. I'm trying to chop the boat. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, like the big... Chop the boat, dragons. don't rock the boat, Gunther. You know, like the big dragon they have on the front of a, a, like a Viking ship. He chops it and that falls off. Yes. 
Oh my god. Crops dragon's neck and fire comes out. It's like, oh no, it's burnt me. Uh, happy birthday, Stone Cold Steve Austin, as well. Uh, and Seth Rollins comes out next. Uh, gets a great reaction. Home state, of course. Um, says, I'm motivated more than ever to be the best champion in the entire industry. I'm excited for 2024. It starts with day one, defending my title against Drew McIntyre. Uh, even the best champion on Mondays. <laughs> Bring what about Izzy? I'm excited about being the best champion on the day of the week. Not even <laughs> on a show with tag team champions, Caden Carter and Katana Chance. He's got Gunther on it, though. Yeah. This brings out the... <laughs> Uh, and Rollins says, by the way, I haven't forgotten about you headbutting me a few weeks ago. Tread lightly. And uh, McIntyre says, oh, I'm not here to fight. I've got my match, so I'm not bothered. Um, I want to tell you I'm proud of you, by the way. Everyone's kissing CM Punk's ass. You told him to his face the truth. You're a true leader. Um, you must be on top of the world. It must feel good knowing that, hey, Christmas time. Spend some time with the family. I went home recently, and I felt a bit guilty. Saw my dad. He's getting older. Um for the first time in 16 years, I began to wonder if it's all worth it. And I know you can relate. Your wife's in the same boat as me, uh, sacrificing every day away from your family. Uh, I know you've been part of those conversations, missing weddings, uh, about wanting to not let the fans down. You miss you know, funerals, things like that. It's not going to a wedding. You're going to miss some, like, showing a, I don't know, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, but it might be a nice place. It's just what, like, they, they, it's just our, they those they, places, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing personal. The denizens of a Little Rock, Arkansas. It's called. It's got little in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How can you, you know, dream up quintessential small time plays? Doesn't really get many big. Like Boise, Idaho, but then they've got those potatoes, so they're yeah. great too. Mm. All places have got nice things. Wayne's World had to go at Delaware, and I'm sure there's something nice in Delaware. I'm sure there is. Um, don't know what. Friends and family tell you, hey, don't come home. Keep chasing that dream, and then you miss things, and people aren't here anymore. Uh, I don't want your title, Seth. I need it. I need to know that the sacrifices are worth it. I'm willing to hurt you to take it. Uh, Rollins says, look, I want to believe you, but your actions don't align with your words. I respect you for earning another shot, but uh, I don't, don't understand why you think it's going to be any different this time. Um, I've seen you, you're willing to lie and cheat and take shortcuts, but you're not willing to do the one thing you need to do, and that's take responsibility for your actions. Look yourself in the mirror. Face the reality. The only person keeping you from being champion is you. I told another man last week, says Seth, that I hate him. I meant what I said. I don't hate you, though. I pity you. Merry Christmas. He goes to leave. <laughs> Seen a few weeks. Goes to leave. McIntyre tries to attack him. Rollins obviously sees this coming. Goes after him outside the ring, but McIntyre shoves him into the barricade and hits a reverse Alabama slam onto the steel steps. Rollins sells the arm to close out this segment. Like the finish, the physicality was good. Yeah. It looked like he'd missed, but then he mm. realized what he was doing. Um, I bit exposition-y, weirdly enough, this dialogue. Well-delivered exposition to build a match that instantly, as of last week, I'll get this one out of the way. <laughs> get that one out of the way, yeah. because the punk uh, is coming for that belt. That's a, uh, yeah. That's a, That's a problem with the punk. I'm telling you, man. It's, well, it's a booking challenge to set themselves with this specifically for now, haven't they? Because well, we, we booked it perfectly on the Royal Preview yesterday. CM Punk on commentary on day one. Oh, my God. Yes, please. Thank you. Yes, please. Um, I, I've been listening to an Office podcast with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, and they're reviewing oh. every episode of The Office. And it's great because they were there, and they've got like loads of great insights. And they talk about how 
uh, one of the successes of the writing teams was they would all, and I'm, this might be the case with all TV shows, I don't know, but in the writer's room, they had a constant rolling, um, like no bad ideas, write it on a card, stick it on a wall. It might come to nothing. It might come to something that really builds into the show. It might just be something that's great for one of them cold opens or the little tags at the end of the episode. They use the example of like beach games where they, like Michael Scott wants to do a survivor type thing goes on the board as an ideas card and then eventually there's a job element of it and it's like we can make a whole episode about this and it could be Pam's moment of empowerment and it what started off funny them doing survivor that kind of thing it occurred to me in this promo that that's been one of Triple H's like weird I don't even know if Sid you call it a strength it's exposition but like one of his weird strengths I think is like stuff goes on the board so like Drew McIntyre sad at missing family events it's like, we don't know when we're going to use that, yeah. but there might one day be a time we can. It's like, have oh, we got anything for... That's still on the board, Drew McIntyre. Like they've got this Drew McIntyre character, and what, what's like six things that this version of the Drew McIntyre character can use to manipulate, and as part of the way his character's changed, uh, like sad at missing family. Well, like Seth's married to Becky, so he gets it, so mm. he can relate. Let's use that. I've noticed that, like that he finds links that you mm. wouldn't have necessarily thought about. Some are more successful than others. The uh, Drew McIntyre, Sammy Zayn one was amazing. Sammy's saying, mate, I live the exact same life as yeah. you. Like, you need to get past this. I live the same mm. path of events. And like Drew here, like all of it can still, they've, I believe they've got these cards because everything is rooted with the original one. Like this Drew talking about, oh, I've missed weddings. I worry about my dad's health. That's why he's pissed off that the bloodline screwed him in Cardiff because look what it would have been. Yeah. Like, look what could have been for him. And it's like, that is, I believe that a structure like that exists where these characters are being thought about in, in it might not be an idea for today, but keep it there because yeah. one day you'll link Drew with this wrestler and that can be the link. I knock WWE's plotting for being quite A to B. And sure enough, C comes after that. <laughs> <laughs> and say so they basically establish a premise that creates conflict between two characters and then goes through the Rolodex of the segments that they do, whether it's a verbal spar like this followed by a beatdown, whether it's a interference or running in a match. Like, it's all very familiar and repetitive. The, the beats of every story are the same, even if the premises are different. They are really quite good at establishing the premise in the first place. Mm -hmm. I will give him that. And there's been a lot of that with Drew in particular because by WWE standards, he's a really well-rounded character. That's the trick. If you actually book three-dimensional characters, you've got so much more to play with them. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes thanks the Kree brothers for their help last week. They uh, love the fact that he's he knows who they are and he wishes them luck for the, the tag title match later. There's a little bit of the old like fealty here. Like Dolph Ziggler, of all people, called this the gratitude era mm. when the stars of his <laughs> were the wrestlers of his generation <laughs> <laughs> were basically take that hundreds of guys <laughs> were instructed to like go on these network specials like the top 50 greatest moments ever and go oh my god remember when Austin drove the Zambini oh my god I was 14 years old and I lost my mind You'll never do the top 50 with Dolph Ziggler being 40 on anything. What is it? Sorry. It's, it's called a Zamboni. Cedric loves his beans, so he's made a bean-shaped Zamboni. <laughs> Austin on a bean. Lightly roasted Zambini. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the Miz having viewing parties, and then he sprayed the McMahons with the hose. It had beer in it. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends at the schoolyard the next day in recess and then in homeroom and then in home ec we were all talking about that 
We were all talking about that. So I always hated, I, I just found them so reduced. Mm. You are the people who don't get matches at WrestleMania because the prehistoric versions of these guys come back and you are just not, like, it's lesser than them. You're not as good as them. This is a little bit of an echo to have the creeds be, like, fawning mm. over Cody yeah. Rhodes. Just, there's, a, there's very much a hierarchy in WWE. And I kind of, whenever I see it, I then remember the process. You gotta, you gotta earn your due, kid. Yeah, you can do an alliance. You can do an alliance, a new friendship without the fawning, can't you? Yes, like I want Cody and the Creeds versus Imperium, for example. I I think, I think Cody and the Creeds. I was talking either on the preview or last week. Mm. Like Cody Rhodes on BTE is an intense dickhead jock character against like Flip Gordon and various other bits when he would just lose his head. Like that kind of (laughs) jock. Yeah, because he was one amazing. The Xavier Wood story. When he nicks his lass at the ball and all yeah. It's like, balls a strike and just takes her away. <laughs> like, amazing stuff. I want those energies to combine. Yeah. Yeah. As equals, but yeah. Uh, Bad co- start for the probably great idea it will end up being. Kofi Claus is back, chucking merch into the crowd. But he's attacked. No, by Kaiser and Vinci, but who comes out to make the save? But Jey Uso, to set up Jey Uso versus Ludwig Kaiser. Skip. Yeah, I can see this one coming. Um, Kofi Claus attacks Giovanni Vinci. Skip. Uh, so Jay. People can go on like you know other websites for the result. Jay hit Kaiser with a spear and uh, Uso splash for the one. Three down. Shut up, man. <laughs> I'm hungry now. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review. Review. Nailed it. Nah. <laughs> and this week's five star review review is brought to you by Nathan Payne. If you want to suggest something, <laughs> you're going to say Nathan Frank. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com, which is exactly what Nathan Payne's done. Um, uh, Nathan writes, Hi Adam, hope all's well with you, the family, hey guys, and your actual family, of course. I was wondering if you'd be able to help me re-gift my brother a birthday present. He dedicated a five-star review review back in June for me for my birthday, and I'd like to repay the favour. Uh, could you please shout out Connor Payne for his 22nd birthday? Thank you for being Happy just... birthday, Connor. Happy birthday, Connor. Thank you for being just the best brother anyone could ask for. He's my best mate, oh, and most importantly, nice. we've both been here since the What Culture Extra days. Jesus wow. Christ. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Been a profound cornerstone in your life. <laughs> Love this line. As you have in hours, realistically. Yeah. Love, <laughs> Love this line. He's about uh, six foot one, physically fit, great at football, has a lovely girlfriend and grows a better beard than me. But if you can think about anything to rip the piss out of him for, I'd be more than grateful. <laughs> so what's his name? Connor. You subscribe to What Culture Extra. Say <laughs> Anything with that? You and Colton. But then, yeah, but what's Nathan Payne. Oh, then it would be like a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us something bad about him. So, it sounds like he's got nothing. Six foot one, is that it? I'm six three, so... Are you 6'3? Yeah. yeah. I'm not 6'1. And you are yeah. totally, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Tall guy. Another lad could. He always had an extra inch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Connor, what's the weather like down there? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> for my five star review review. Yeah, it's always quite cold. Uh, could you please review Ricky Hatton guest hosting Monday Night Raw? Now, we have uh, the Chavo Guerrero fight on this, but um, Nathan suggests. Uh, Triple H and HBK in their worst DX run being super cool, super manly, and 
We've got massive hogs boy poppers at Jerry Show's expense. The comments are a bit naff, so I'll hand it over to you to find some gold somewhere else. I have. Um, funny story about this. We're big Manchester City fans in the Payne household. Sorry to hear that. Uh, and hey, 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 hey. Calm down. My son supports Man City. Oh, yes. Glory hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I'll go with the team who are on the precipice of the treble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least, yeah, the main no, you know what the crack is? He just likes Jack Grealish. Yes. I've t- I don't know if I've told you this right. Who Man City, before they got pinched about three weeks ago, <laughs> beat someone like 5-1 or whatever. Yeah. In Doku, the left forward, got like four assists. And I was like, James, man, you just won 5-1 or whatever it was. He's like, oh, that's good. As our Doku got four assists, <laughs> he had a meltdown <laughs> because he's taking Grealish's yeah, spot yeah, yeah. on the team. Ah, so right. he, he hates Doku and he hates City, but they don't play Grealish. He just loves Jack Grealish a great deal. What a lovely guy and role model, though. Yeah, Jack Grealish. Yes. Um, our dad took some interest as he saw Ricky Hatton being advertised for this show on Sky Sports News. Uh, he lasted about all of a minute and said he's never watching this crap again. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for another. What top- year was it? <sighs> It was 2009. Oh, brutal. I uh, tell you what, maybe if you watch it on Saturday mornings on our SmackDown, yeah. watch CM Punk and Jeff Hardy do their thing. Yeah. That feud was absolutely spectacular from beginning to end. It's 2009, just after Sven at City, feels like. Yes. They weren't, they weren't moneyed by then. I know that. They weren't. Oh, were they, they mini, they were they that, mini money? Yeah, they mini money. Yeah, yeah. mini yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, have a great Christmas. Thank you all for the top year of content. Uh, can't Thank wait you. until you bring the live show down south. We will be there. Cheers, Nathan. Uh, P.S. Tell Hamlet, I'm glad he managed to get some hours in on Fight Forever. Nathan, uh, the Manchester City like sort of triggered something in the memory. Fight Forever came to mind when Wilborn was speaking there. Nathan works in games and in gaming. Oh. He has like, like cool links, that sort of stuff. And we had some messages at the time about Fight Forever. I, yeah, I haven't played it much since the first couple of months, but that feels like it's quite a familiar story of... Or the people online. That's it's weird. When people talk about it, like, when that $90 DLC or whatever came out, I was like, oh, that game existed. It's real anger about daring to charge people all yeah. over him, wasn't it? It was I really, just, really fun first few weeks. I smashed the career mode on, like, the first night. And yeah. then Never played a really single second it. of it. Never played a single second. And then when I thought, do you want to? Do you want to use birthday money for this? Yeah. Or ask for it for Christmas? I know, beans. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get some beans. I'm picturing, like, the bread. Cheese, tomato, tin of beans. Not even out the tin. Straight on. Coffee beans, asshole. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 07, 08 was Spengler and Ericsson's era. And uh, Thaksin Shinawatra, that's the one we were thinking of. Mini money. Uh, 08, 09 was, yeah, it changed. And then there was Mark Hughes. And then 09, 010 was Mark Hughes. Thanks. Uh, Roberto Machini. I remember that. <laughs> they beat us on the day that he was getting told he was losing his job. Still, I remember that. Someone's coming. I still beat them. Can I, I not keep my job? Middle of December, because I was working working yeah. on the crew for the Panto. <laughs> and then he came upstairs to watch Sky Sports News in one of the breaks, and he was like... Yeah, there were like three guys. Awesome. And they were like, yeah, see you later, Mark. Mark Roberto Mancini's in the crowd. Uh, so, yeah, take us back. You were, well, you were literally there. I, I was. This was... I went to, uh, me and my cousin went to the UK, like the November-October TV taping. Shout out to Hamlet's cousin, by the way. He's a yeah, great guy. Yeah. Nick, a good, cool. uh, a good lad. Cooler than Hamlet. By yeah. orders of magnitude. And we survived a lot of these TV tapings and we tapped out in 2009. Like, some good moments. Smackdown was better than Raw in that kind of, let's see, uh, 
for real wrestling for the real fans. Go raw. That program was unbelievable. It, it really had like the Punk and Jeff Hardy stuff was yeah. amazing. Well, I think like, it's one of the some of the best stuff that promotion has ever ever done. We've been known. You probably you have to catch it. You have to be. You have to listen to every single minute like the Spotify ones. We've known to crack the old joke about Jeff Hardy, but like of those years going to those UK shows, he was typically one of the best on the SmackDown nights. He worked his absolute arse off, and he was involved. Like I see, how did he do it? I, I saw him pin the Undertaker and Triple H on one taping. We went wow. to a double SmackDown once. It's like, they're going all the way with him. And then Triple H was like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'll <laughs> <laughs> need more than he beat me. See you every, next month. See you next month, Jeff. Oh, well, what's it like? Well, every dog has his day. It was like for the world title of one contender. So Triple H just killed for that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, well done, Jeff. Like, but yeah, like the, when they would go with Jeff and you were in the building, for, like, I get it. I, mm. This guy is, is he's the real deal. Do you get it? Do you get, do you get it? Yes, uh, Jeff. Hey, see, yeah, my thing, you're a <laughs> You get it? Like, so, yeah, good stuff here and there. Uh, ECW, oddly, was a, it's just a weird thing to experience live, like the new ECW in person, but uh, this was the, so we did about four years of this, and this was the last year we kind of came out of these tapings. So we're kind of going to be the last guys to go at these. What was this, uh, well, I guess, was this the opening show promo by any chance? Oh, guest host era. DX Jera show, guest host. They pivoted, didn't they, from the guest host being on the arms of the Bellas, to work in matches with DX and Jericho. Yeah, because they had, what's his name? One. The ginger, uh, your man, Seth Green. Green. Oh, God. The little guy in there. <laughs> By which I mean the ring. Yes. <laughs> That's what a normal person looks like. He's in the 1998 miniseries. Was it? Seth Green, yeah. Ah. So uh, Triple H is on so the go to my books. That's the, <laughs> one of the best things ever made. He says, uh, what part of this aren't you guys getting? How many times you got to do the same thing over and over again before you get where it's going? Come out here all the time. You interrupt the GMs. You mess with Shaquille O'Neal. You got humiliated in front of the whole world. Who's, who's, who are you doing here? At Triple H. And okay. uh, he says, and you're no better. You came out here, you messed with an 85-year-old Bob Barker, and he pulled your punk card. Is that a little, or is that just a American? That's just Americanism, I think. Yeah, yeah. Are you, in your recap of this, by the way, I'm going off memory here. Are you going to mention to Cedric the, what Triple H is wearing on his T-shirt? Oh, I've, no, I've, I've forgotten. Because I have a memory of this, and it's like... It's time to play the game! Time to play, time the, to play the game! Ha ha ha! Sige, what's on the back of Triple H's t-shirt when on the front, it's got the DX Army? It's way more of a Smackdown guy yeah. during this period. So was Jim Ross. Like that clue? Is that a clue? No, no. So it doesn't say tits. DX. <laughs> sort of a clue. <laughs> Found about it. DX Army. If you get this right, I've got a th- I've got a follow up question. So DX Army. Let's think about Army stuff. Army. I don't know, but I've been told. Sucking cocks and man of Sucking cock and getting old. It did not, not sucking my cock. Yeah. And getting old. <laughs> it did not have that on the back of the t-shirt. Okay, well, it was available well, at the well, shop. Yeah, two more guesses. Yeah, two more guesses. guesses. Uh, they like talking about getting their cock sucked. They do. DX. Oh, so I thought that would feature on the back of the t-shirt. I think, and apologies for this. I'm thinking uh, alliteration. Okay. <laughs> I realise this is probably the wrong era for DX for this. But didn't they Cocked, have... locked, and ready to load. Ooh. I, I was going to have... Uh, titles, tanks, and tits. <laughs> Cocked, right. locked, and ready to load. No. <sighs> Have they ever said that once, though? 
Uh, yeah, yeah uh, like the probably the much. like the the tank stuff. Aye, tank stuff. Air quote tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a super soaker, don't they? Like it's cotton. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not water inside yeah. it. There's what gallons of jizz. <laughs> we wanking at that all week, lads, because that's gross. To be fair, between Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler on commentary, there was enough to fill it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what would they, what do they have on the back? Well, see, I'm going to have to ask you a question here because it says Sage, DX Army on, mm-hmm. front, on the back. World's biggest member. So does that? So I was like, was oh, big tri- show? Triple H is the leader of DX, and because he's j- j- jacked, again, yeah, suspiciously. Yeah. Like physically, is he the biggest member of the DX army? Sage. Well, surely Shaquille O'Neal would be. There is a double entendre. What? Double meaning. Oh. So it, it says one thing: uh, a me- you be a member of the army. Yes, but member. Also means you cack. Ah. Ah. So in in saying that, it's like he's got the biggest cock in the world, which is half right. He is the biggest (laughs) cock in the world, but I don't necessarily think he has the biggest cock in the world. That's doubly funny then. Because Shawn Michaels was wearing a T-shirt. With I like think a, he thinks he does. He was wearing a, fl- like a T-shirt with like DX, but like loads of flags. It was obviously a DX European tour shirt, and it was mm. DX on tour, whatever. And I love the idea that Shawn's like, well, oh wait, Paul, put the uh, little tour shirt on the flag. And then he's like, I don't think so. I need people to know I've got a massive dick, Shawn. Yes. <laughs> and it ain't made of plastic. <laughs> and, they the caps on, and they had the caps on backwards, of course. It was super cool. Yeah. Uh, right. But the thing is as well, it's like they kind of knew they weren't that cool anymore, guys, and that's what made them cool. Mm. Buy these glow sticks for... Twenty quid. We're doing the merch advert, so we know it's silly. Buy it. <laughs> Buy it. You guys are lucky we came out here. Seems like Ricky Hatton was about ten seconds away from knocking you both out in front of all these English men. He says, "Huge bab, obviously. He's in. They're in his hometown of Sheffield." <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Jan. Uh, Ricky, we just came out here to say thank you for the match tonight and to tell you, don't worry about these two dimwits because we'll take care of. Time to play the game! Time to play the game! What did they call Jericho and Big Show? I'll give you a clue. One of them is a children's TV character. Another one is a serial mascot. Maybe these two things rhyme. It's a serial mascot. I don't know any. You're... This is this is what yeah, you've lived your entire life to answer this question. Tony the Tiger, but neither that really applies to either of them two. Unless Jericho was in a particularly tiger print coloured suit, perhaps. No, he would Captain be. Crunch is an American one, but uh, is he a pirate maybe? Captain Crunch, Pee Wee Herman, and Captain Crunch. Big Bird for the kids TV character. Big show, big, massive. Big right, cool. Big Bird. The, so that means a uh, Captain Lunch because he's a fat ass. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you would say. That's the kind of thing he would say. Uh, no, I will tell you that the children's TV character is British. Uh, Pepper Pig. No, I'm, I, maybe I'm thrown off with children's TV. Character. George Pig. TV character. Daddy Pig. Not necessarily just directed at children, but very British. Me? Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Is it Mr. Bean? Button for this. <laughs> <laughs> in a manner of speaking, f- 
God. They love that, don't they? You Mr. Bean looking air. Yeah, you Mr. Bean looking air. One of the most common lines of abuse I get is a Mr. Bean looking ass. Hey, hey, why don't you shut your fucking mouth? Mr. Bean on toast. It's <laughs> Mr. Bean's toast. Mr. Bean's toast. Is that, is that where you got again? the food from? You get the food from the TV show, Mr. Bean. We, don't worry about these two dimwits because we'll take care of the honey monster. Oh, Jesus and Christ. Mr. Bean. Oh. Uh, Sean says, actually, forget about tonight. Why not right now? Jumps Jericho. They sort of corner Big Show. It's three on one. Big Show takes off his jacket. He rolls up his sleeves. And then, of course, he climbs out and says, I'm going to do it on my time, which is literally something we saw on Raw last night. Wrestlers just do stuff. Uh, and see, uh, Triple H says, see, that's the way it goes. There's only one Degeneration X. Just like there's only one Ricky Hatton. There's a Jedward 316 sign in the crowd, by the way. Oh, and Hatton's, oh, oh Hatton's like, yep, yep, that's right. And Triple H goes, and do the uh, suck it bit. And Ricky Hatton goes, oh, yeah, and if you're not down with that, i got two words for you. I'll two words for you. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> suck it. Suck it. Suck me cock. Oh, no. <laughs> There's more than two words. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, no. <laughs> Right, okay. So, bad news, good news time. Uh, this is a clip from WWE. Uh, the comments had turned off, uh, and they would have been boring rubbish anyway. Good news, I looked at the uh, run up, running order of this show, and Alicia Fox Kelly Kelly followed this, and don't worry, I've had some comments from that instead. Um, boss, once again, these don't reflect the views of myself. Dadly Boys, anyone at What Culture, or Nathan, thank you once again for the five-star review review, Nathan. I'm not going to sell these this time, I've decided. Okay. Uh, boss simply says... Well, what are we talking about? What's the context again? Uh, Kelly Kelly versus Alicia Fox. This is on the same show. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it followed this segment. segment. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Kelly Kelly. <laughs> the girl's so hot, they named her twice. So, mm-hmm. okay. A nice easing Come into on. it there. Sorry, I'm still... Con- two ways. <laughs> Did I do it, pal? <laughs> Does anyone ever actually do it? Can I say that? Uh, TJ, regarding uh, uh, Kelly Kelly, if only... Do you want to finish the sentence? Do you want to have a guess at the sentence? Mm. If only what? No, because, let's just say, you'll get the opportunity to complete these comments at a later date. Mm. A Christmas treat, some might say. Yeah, we will give you the game. If only she was topless with her tits out. <laughs> it's not very... Uh... What's he getting at? Sage, what's he getting at? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, real dedication here from West Coast. So was that the full comment? That was the full oh, comment. Right. If only. Yeah. Um, West Coast says... Uh, if I were... F- <laughs> If I were fasting, she'd be the only thing I eat. (laughs) Axe. Tries to make a sort of disparaging comment about one of the the, the women in this match. No way. (laughs) But he also... Basically, he wants to say, oh, I think you've had some, some work done, basically. But also, I'm still not going to miss my opportunity 
So Axe writes, helium, or are they blown up by air? If they're blown up by air, I volunteer. <laughs> but if you can't, forget it. <laughs> Imagine that. After we finish, can we have sex? No. <laughs> can I be one of these? Uh... <laughs> Final comment. Oh, I wish I was the tit inflator. I wish I was that guy's breath. Final comment comes from. I'm so sorry about this. Comes from. No, you are not. Comes from Murphy. I've no idea. I've no idea. Didn't watch the match. Okay, I have no idea where this has come from. Just gonna have to get edited out. No. Having breast nipple milk on beer to smell and kiss, and the smell of hitting the hall with good sounds and pains will give more pleasure. Love you big time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Merv. Enjoy the match. Uh, so thanks to Nathan Payne. Thanks, Nathan. Happy birthday, Connor. Happy birthday, Connor. Uh, if you're bored over Christmas, you want to send us more five-star review reviews, Apple Podcasts, or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, screenshot it. We need the proof. And you're at adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. <laughs> Just tell the penultimate guy thing is. They're now blowing them up. That's how they work. I'm you know, the man to do it. Loads of breath. <laughs> 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 Uh, and uh, yeah, make sure you're. Uh, <laughs> Imagine that first like Pete got to school. Hey, shagged us so hard, tits deflated. So, <laughs> so much of a that's how much of a man I am. So. <laughs> He's chafing in between. I was blowing a tits up for ages. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but just before the we main event, us award next time. <laughs> just before the main event, they're in the back. They're in the clubhouse. Fat by the end. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio, who's been on excellent form in the last twenty four <laughs> hours. Uh, <laughs> It's like, hey, JD, do you remember when you lost the match to our truth? And that time you got RKO'd from uh, Survivor Series. That's pretty funny as well, wasn't it? Uh, obviously, no one's happy with the result. Uh, it's a bad reflection on all of them. Rhea says, Priest says, right, that's it, you're out of judgment day. JD says, oh, come on. And uh, he says, uh, you're, not, you're not really. Not yet. Uh, and Ripley's like, let's get serious. I'm going to defend my title against not even Ireland on day one. And then they said, we'll deal with the Creed brothers tonight. And then we got the Creed brothers versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Uh, Creed brothers clear the ring early on, about a minute into the match, and they uh, they go to a break. When we come back, Priest makes a blind tag, knocks Julius out of the ring, hits a big clothesline, but Roos comes in, runs wild on Finn Balor, gut wrench slam. Priest comes in, uh, sends Brutus over the announce table with this running charge. After a break, again, Brutus fights back, makes the tag to Julius, and he just runs wild. Uh, Balor and Priest get hit with overhead, belly-to-belly suplexes, and there's the kip-up from Julius. And I mean... <laughs> so, he did do a kip-up. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. He uh, <laughs> random bobble sneaking in there. Yeah, yeah. He uh, fires up the crowd, hits a standing shooting star for two. Ripley tries to attack Ivy Nile, but Ivy Nile reverses, gets Ripley on her shoulders and slams her onto the apron. They hit Balor with the Brutus ball, but Priest dives in at the last second to break up the cover. Julius counters a Priest choke, Sam with a drop kick and flip dives. Balor sets up Brutus for a coup de grace, but Julius breaks that up. And the Creeds give Priest a Brutus ball. You think, oh my God, they're going to win the titles. But Balor breaks up the cover, coup de grace. Brutus takes out Balor, but Priest just gets up, grabs Julius, 
Big South of Heaven choke slam. One, two, three. Julius kicks out just at like 3.1. Priest kind of beers door, <laughs> chucks him out of the ring, and they celebrate with the tag titles to close out the show. Very quickly on that end, because I want to just leave it on that ending bit, mm. because the whole match deserves a lot of praise. I thought it was really good. Um, I couldn't tell whether the 3.1 was just like this. You know, the, the guy's been wrestling for like two years, just over. Mm-hmm. 2021, they made the debut. Yeah. Maybe he just thought that wasn't the finish. And he was like, oh, ooh, sorry, or whatever. I don't think he was literally trying to do the old uh, Vader Shawn Michaels or yeah. whatever. There's been like countless examples. The Bobby Fish, CM Punk, used to happen all of the time. Hawk. Mm-hmm. The bastard for that back in the day. It's like Barbarian doesn't know if he's definitely in book next week. So yeah, I better protect myself. Better protect yeah. myself. Um, don't know if I don't think we've done that on purpose. Like, this doesn't see the type, and it's not the system for that anymore. It just isn't. They drill that out of you for better and worse in uh, 2023 WWE. In fact, the last time of many years. So I don't know whether it was that. And Priest was like, what am I "Doing? I did not look emphatic. He was holding his ear. Did you see the somersault planche yeah. that he hit him with?" Nailed him. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely whammed him. So I just don't know if he's just whacked him in the ear. And he's got that ring in and he's like, oh, you <laughs> but the next time I get a chance, I'm going to throw you out with that bloody ring. Yeah. And, get, and look really, really annoyed. So that was my take. Either, I think it was more the ear getting struck or whatever. I don't think it was anything political. I don't think it's been a shock. Julius Creed. No. Like two months in, it was raw run. I just don't think that's what's happened here. I remember. I remember watching the second Creed Brothers match, right, and worrying after the first one. You saw the second one, you thought, "Oh God, they've been told to tone it down." Yeah. Rightly, mm. <laughs> rightly or wrongly, rightly they've yeah. rightly been told because it was too much. I mean, I loved it. I'm a sicko, but you know, you can understand where they're coming from. And every now and then, I'm thinking oh, it's going to come one of these days. Probably going to come. Watch this. Last night, well, this morning, I thought, no, you cannot smooth these edges. They are just chaotic and wonderful. And the stuff just looks like, I don't know if it's just the inherent meathead intense energy that they have, or they're just really great at working or whatever, but like, they got such a way of just making it all feel like all or nothing high risk. Like, I see a million moves that ordinarily would be described as high risk, right? And then it's almost jarring. When a commentator says, oh, high-risk move there, it's like, was it? Looks like he's, he looked, looked, looked beautiful enough, but he looked like he was in perfect control. And I see so many moves like this mm-hmm. yeah, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's meant to be a risk. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's just it happens so frequently that it can't be this do-or-die risk. Yeah. The creeds make it feel like a risk. Then the timing on some of these saves was really, really good. That's like you need experience, you need know-how, you need substance to be able to do that part of it. I just came away from this thing, and I'm not even ready to watch the Creeds win the titles yet. Mm. I'm just securing the fact that it's going to happen. It was very on the nose on commentary. One day you'll see this, just not today. And I got that in the story of the match and everything else with the Creeds presentation. Um, I it's gonna break. His, I just hope it happens before Brutus Creed breaks his ankles. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's just so committed. Yeah. Well, here we go. I want to <laughs> win. <laughs> yeah. I'll sacrifice my ankles for victory. High risk. Um, high risk. High risk. High, it just always feels like there's intent, like there's risk, like there's just a motivation to win or to hurt people behind it. Everything these beautiful boys do, I love them so much. I thought this match was very, very, very good. Yeah. 
bit, like lived up to expectations, truthfully. And I, like, I'd set them pretty high, considering that the Creed's are, what, like two months into the main roster? Finn Balor was excellent in this was. match. He was. Like, old pro stuff in the, like, the, the saves, I think, are worth isolating for praise because that should be, like, a joy of tag wrestling. The amount of opportunities you have to let the entire building think this is over before killing it yet again and reheating everything up. They just, they nailed that for me in this one. The Creed's, uh, add them to the list because for me personally, there's loads, but I understand why. If you're watching WWE, a little bit like arm's length, like, I'll never really be able to love this. The like, Creed's transcend that. WWE are kind of creating a number of different wrestlers, acts, moments, things that make you wish you were there. I keep talking about the Jey Uso. I, mean, I like that nonsense, but people want wrestling, and I get that. The Creed's are that. Yeah. You want to be in the building for the Creed's because you want to experience that firsthand. You know that, like, it gets... It's great now because the meme itself is getting memed, but, you know, for the longest time when it was like... Uh, Cesaro was fire for this, and it's that thing where he hits everybody. That's great. That's an amazing arrangement of a spot. But then, because you've watched it a million times because of the meme, when you watch it, like, enough times, like, it's actually quite clean. Like, the way they've positioned their bodies, it takes an incredible athlete to do what Cesaro does in that lung-bursting flurry. But, like, it's almost WWE in its arrangement. There's him, there's him, there's him, there's him. The creeds do that, but it just feels like they don't care who happens to be there. Like, they summon that energy... But create the chaos that needs to like really get it over the line. Like the creeds will fire for that in every match, yeah. potentially, especially when there's high stakes and there's things on the line and things that matter. It's they are yet another act, and there's been loads in WWE this year, and it's why the gates are they are and the baby faces are they are that you just wish you were there in person for. It's so key to getting people in buildings, and they'll be fine for that as a result. Yeah, really enjoyed this main event, and uh, was kind of fine with them not winning the titles yet, because like you say. It's coming uh, eventually. Let us know your thoughts on uh, Monday Night Raw, though, in the comment section or on X at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You, you haven't got a producer today. We're all down that camera. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Nathan Payne. My thanks to Hamflit Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.